and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another fine, fat, fantastic, fabulous Friday morning, a feisty, fiery Friday for Torch Report 528. The globalists predict that Americans will kill each other over the 2024 election. Yet, unfortunately, friends, the majority of people still fail to read the writing on the wall. So today we're going to be connecting some dots. There is undoubtedly an agenda afoot. So as we as we wade ever deeper into the WEF's scheming efforts to brainwash global leadership and orchestrate a planetary coup, I want to open the discussion today by examining a screenshot from the proverbial rag, the Seattle Times this morning. Uh, there's a little shot here. I've got three little notes annotated, three things that stood out to me, and I want to kind of take these oddities in order. But first, friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform such as Apple, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com, and you'll see this spiffy annotated screenshot created by your favorite fuzzy peasant. Now, the first oddity I point out here is the headline that says, why don't COVID tests seem to work as well as they used to? I just don't know, you know. Why don't COVID tests work as well as they used to? Well, the answer is because they never worked in the first place, except, of course, to give false positives and drive mass hysteria based on bogus data that then fueled relentless fear-mongering from the state. I can proudly say, friends, that I have never been tested for COVID, not even once. And if you're in that crew, uh, I, I, I salute you for your courage. Now, the second oddity to point out from the Seattle Times this morning is a headline that says an unprecedented flu strain is attacking hundreds of animal species and humans could be next. And I thought, Really? An unprecedented flu strain is attacking hundreds of animal species. Hmm, how do they know that? You know, have they somehow managed to track and test hundreds of different species, extract DNA samples, analyze all of these DNA samples, collate all of the data, and then compare and contrast the genomic sequence of each viral infection to say that hundreds of species are suffering from an unprecedented flu strain? Really? You know, I don't I don't buy it. The third thing I want to point out here is the headline that says, what is disease X? How scientists are preparing for the next pandemic. Uh, now, what is disease X? I know I've seen a lot of people, you know, all you know, the buzz about, oh, my gosh, disease X. Oh, they're planning disease X, whatever. You know, disease X is the globalist placeholder for the next round of biological warfare that is scheduled to be released upon the unsuspecting public at some point in the near future. So it's also a primer. Disease X is a primer to the public's fear pump. So to pump up the fear over that dreaded possibility that the next pandemic might be even worse. That's what they've been telling us for years now. So all that said, friends, these three headlines actually point to two larger issues that tie into the discussion today. First, I want to point out that on the heels of weeks of post-holiday propaganda, right? Right after the holiday, I mean, all this propaganda. We talked about it. I documented it. There was all this propaganda about a deadly new variant, a huge surge in cases. But now 
the propagandists have clearly tamed their message, right? Here, it looks to me like they're trying to pivot. They're kind of scapegoating. Why don't these tests work like they used to? To, to cover up the fact that enough people, you know, that even though they've shipped out 200 million free at-home tests, most people are just kind of over it. You know, we're done with the COVID freaking out, you know, except for, of course, the bitter clingers who can't seem to release their death grip on the narrative. Those poor bastards are uh, potentially damaged beyond repair. But the second thing I want to point out here, you know, first, people aren't buying it. So they're, they're taming their message. They're pivoting just a little bit. Second, they have failed to stir up a sufficient amount of fear to run full bore with the next round of emergency response because the public has rejected the notion that there is an emergency. So the propagandists now have seamlessly transitioned back to their overarching trajectory, which is this idea that climate change is causing animals to get sick and spread more disease to humans. That's the narrative. They've been carefully constructing this narrative for over a decade. They've been fabricating data out of whole cloth and diligently developing the global consensus among the hand-selected experts that they're going to use, they've been using to, to try to sell this story. So now, if you've been with me, friends, thank you for joining me on this journey of learning. We've, we've discussed all of this, this before, the whole zoonotic reservoir and how thou shall not eat the king's deer because they might have COVID. You know, these are, these are the reasons that they're using to back the ridiculous objective to keep human, uh, to reduce human contact with wildlife. That's right out of the WHO's radical one health agenda, kind of dictating every aspect of our life, not the least of which don't eat, you know, don't come in contact with wildlife because they're a zoonotic reservoir. They might have exotic diseases. Friends, this is, for those who do not know, the one agenda to rule them all. I've been sounding the alarm about this uh, since at least the spring of 2022. So going on a couple of years here. Details on all of that and more, along with an in-depth look at how the how how they have long been merging public health and planetary health. Uh, that's all. That's a really central theme in the Great Reset. I put a slew of reports in there for you to take a look at, five of them to get up to speed or refresh if you would like to. I think the most important lesson from the propaganda at the Seattle Times is that weaponized AI can analyze immense amounts of data and they can track the shifting public sentiment when that allows the global cabal to adjust their strategies in real time. So they're, they're trying to ramp up this propaganda for a massive surge and a deadly new variant. Nobody's buying it. So, okay, pause. We're going to pivot. We're going to go this other way. And they're doing this using the sentinel surveillance, the social listening, and the algorithmic social interventions that we've previously discussed. Because now, using the sentinel surveillance, the social listening, and the algorithmic social interventions, they can control emerging public perceptions. Those are their words, not mine. And this, the same technology, friends, these, the, uh, the ASI, sentinel surveillance, etc., this is the same technology, the same application of weaponized AI that's at the heart of the predictive policing schemes. They, you know, they've been cropping up all over the last few years. I mean, it's straight out of Minority Report, uh, but predictive policing is a thing. But uh, anyway, it's beyond the scope of the report today, friends. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, it's, it's being 
being applied, these techniques, sentinel surveillance, social listening, algorithmic social interventions are being applied uh, in various areas of society. So weaponized AI is, uh, obviously it is an unruly beast. And today I want to wrangle it back toward the so-called infodemic and the World Health Organization's corresponding mission to immunize humanity against misinformation. It's really critical that we realize this use of weaponized AI to immunize humanity against misinformation that was first deployed for the for as a tool for election inter, interference. That's not the way that they said it. They said election interventions, but this use of weaponized AI in controlling emerging public perce- perceptions using these tools to fight the infodemic and to immunize people against misinformation, this was used for election interference. And for those who don't know, this practice actually goes back to 2016. So we're going on eight years now. They've been perfecting it and perfecting it. This technology has been used in over 280 election interventions all around the world. And I think, you know, it's pretty wild if you think about it. Wow. So, you know, almost a, you know, for almost a decade now, they've been using these high-speed tools like sentinel surveillance, social listening, algorithmic social interventions to interfere with elections all around the world. Over 280 election interventions all around the world. Holy smokes, most people don't know that. But keep that in mind. When you see headlines cropping up ahead of the 2024 election, there's a, I got a slew of them here. You know, AI-generated disinformation. Uh, this is specifically regarding Beijing's covert campaign to manipulate Taiwan's election. Really, you know? What well, I bet if they're if they're using AI-generated disinformation to manipulate manipulate Taiwan's elections, they'll probably do it to American elections too. You know, AI interference in 2024 election is a top concern for many. The election wave of AI disinformation raises the stakes in 2024. How AI puts elections at risk and the need for safeguards. Silicon Valley insiders are trying to unseat Joseph Effing Biden with the help from AI. Uh, we're going to circle back to that headline in just a little bit. Mental note, Silicon Valley insiders are trying to unseat Joe Biden with the help of AI. One more uh, headline here just to bring it full circle, friends. It says the WEF, says the WEF, AI election disruption poses the biggest global risk in 2024. The WEF says that AI election disruption poses the biggest global risk in 2024. Friends, has it sank in yet? Let me know. You know, our elections are not our own. Our elections are not our own. Not only are the global cabal, our foreign enemies, special interests, and the U.S. deep state all interfering in our election heavily using weaponized AI, this weaponized AI is being actively deployed against the American people specifically to cultivate the requisite attitudes and behavioral changes changes necessary to facilitate the next step in this systematic destruction of the United States of America. Friends, think predictive programming. Think Bill Gates hung election and a civil war. The left, you know, right, and just to kind of set the stage or how they're setting the stage here, think about how the left is getting fed the narrative 
that Silicon Valley billionaires are going to unseat Joe Biden with AI. Think about the steady stream of orange man bad and violent MAGA extremists are threatening our democracy and lurking behind every bush. Think about what the left is being fed. And then think about the right side. The right side is being steeped in this ongoing deluge of gaslighting about how the Republican Party is going to investigate. We're going to investigate. We're going to have a hearing. They're going to investigate the avalanche of crimes that has buried any semblance of equal justice under the law. Think about it. Our elections are not our own. Lawlessness abounds and the American political theater just keeps playing on. Out there in the news today, we see senators are pushing Senators are pushing. I mean, this is the upper chamber. I mean, this is the upper crust of of American civilized society. They are pushing for more investment into long COVID research because that's what's really important right now. That's what the American people really care about. That's what we want our taxpayer dollars to be used on uh, to research long COVID. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. Uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon. He's blasting the House, Speaker of the House, Ron Johnson, for saying that the Biden presidency is God's will. Bannon blasts Speaker Johnson for saying Biden's presidency is God's will. And that matters only because some people are dumb enough to listen and even care. The third one I'll point out here on the political theater, friends, uh, the circus is, is this headline that says, call for a mop. There's been an evisceration during congressional testimony and the floor is slippery. And yet, nothing ever happens. Call for a mop. I mean, there's been an evisceration. Oh my gosh, congressional testimony and hearings abound, but so does lawlessness and not a damn thing ever happens. So given the congressional clown show, I dare say that the globalists actually care much more about the outcome of the 2024 election than the average American citizen. President, uh, present company excluded, of course. But friends, did you know, did you know that there are people today, both on the right and the left, but most troubling, there are conservative pundits today who believe that the Great Reset And the meeting over in Davos is all just a bunch of hubris and conspiracy. I kid you not. To me, the the ignorance, the level of ignorance is astounding. It's just unconscionable. You can't wrap my head around how people could have their heads so buried. But an article over at Town Hall this morning, over at Town Hall this morning, it really says it all, the title, after watching watching the ceremony, the conspiracy theorists might be right about Davos, okay? The conspiracy theorists are the ones that are talking about Davos, mind you. If you ever wondered whether or not you're listening to a conspiracy theorist, there you have it. But I want to share this excerpt here. Quote, says this bonehead over at Town Hall, The World Economic Forum in Davos is a hub for the globalist class, which was rightfully criticized by former Daily Show host Jon Stewart as an orgy of self-congratulatory excess. True. Okay. Such conferences also breed conspiracy theories, some entertaining while others veer into plausible territory. There's also the Great Reset Theory, along with the conspiracy to eliminate meat from our diets and replace it with bugs. And he's, of course, he's quoting CBS News. Anyway, friends, I'm sorry, but this author is an effing idiot, you know? Not only that. 
But let me just say that anyone at this point who refuses to acknowledge the Great Reset and all that that entails, they remain painfully woefully uninformed, you know, woefully unprepared for what lies ahead. The Great Reset is not a conspiracy. It's a book written by the president of the WEF. Hello, hello. Anyway, these these morons are comfortable in their ignorance. They are smug in their arrogance. And therefore, these useful idiots on the political right are a major part of our problem. Not only are they complicit in the public fleecing, the gaslighting, the propaganda, uh, propaganda, and the propagation of lies, they're 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 also probably going to vote for Nikki Haley. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You know they, they probably believe that J Six was a violent insurrection. These damn fools. But I digress. <laughs> Let's go ahead and zoom out here, friends, because we do have some bigger fish to fry. Zooming way out. Zoop. Because there's an interesting twist here. Did you uh, do you recall? George Soros, he's delegated most of the authority to his son, Alex Soros, his son and heir apparent to the despicable George Soros. This guy's out there over in Davos, and he's claiming that in Davos, Donald Trump winning the 2024 election, he says it's a done deal, according to the Davos elite. And I think that's really fascinating. It's fascinating conjecture. But Alex Soros, along with saying that Donald Trump winning is a done deal, according to the Davos elite, he goes on to claim, quote, that's a good thing because the Davos consensus is always wrong, end quote. This little punk, you know, this, this punk is a tool. He, he has his privileged head buried so far up his rich daddy's decrepit ass, he says things like, quote, well, Biden actually has a particular advantage in polarize in a, in a polarized electoral environment, which is that Biden's not polarizing at all. Fool! Oh my gosh, I can't even abide the the. Well, I don't even know what to call it. Just just complete and sheer idiocy. It's utterly obtuse, friends. It's complete and utter bullshit. Pardon the French, but this guy he believes it. He believes that, you know, Davis consensus is always wrong. You know, Trump, Trump's not going to win because Biden's, I mean, he has an advantage. I mean, Biden's not, he, he's not polarizing at all, you know. What a, what a moron, you know. But, but what about that Davos consensus? That's why I kind of want to r- drill down on here just a little bit as we wrap this up. You know, this stooge, Alex Soros, he's grifting off his father's rather lengthy loincloth, uh, which uniquely positions him to gather an inside perspective. So he's over there in Davos, and clearly he's picking up on some chatter in Davos about Trump winning in 2024. I don't want to dwell on it, but it, it does kind of tie into, as I was thinking about Trump winning 2024 according to global elites, hmm, that ties into my prior speculation about exactly how exactly how the wizards of deception intend to orchestrate a hung election and a civil war, the one that they predicted. So let me ask you an honest question here. Is it possible, could it be, that Donald Trump is actually the deep state's Trojan horse? (gasps) Oh, shrieks! You know, weeping, gnashing, renting, I don't know, don't stone me, friends. Hear me out here. Could Trump be the deep state's Trojan horse? Well, 
I mean, if you look at the last few years, conservatives have proven to be too polite and restrained to mount any sort of opposition to the rampant political corruption, uh, to the repeated smacks in the face that are coming out of Washington, D.C. So, you know, every indication is that conservatives as a whole have lost their appetite for violence. No longer do conservative Americans embody Jefferson's spirit of resistance, and they have absolutely no intentions whatsoever of watering the tree of liberty. That would be too uncomfortable. I mean, come on, that would be extreme, you know? No self-respecting suburb conservative wants to risk their career or their reputation for such a silly little thing like a stolen election or a a massive invasion or the death of the American dream. I mean, come on, they're not going to do that, right? But the left, friends, the left, on the other hand, those guys are straight-up thugs. You know, they'll knock out a little old lady in broad daylight just for the hell of it. They'll rape your women and children and laugh about it. These leftists are as radical as they come, and they sure as hell are not afraid to use violence to intimidate all the conservative snowflakes out there. I mean, come on. I mean, these guys will torch cop cars and run police out of their own damn precincts. So can you imagine how Utterly unhinged the left will be if Trump gets reelected. There's no denying that they're going to be willing to unleash all hell in cities all across the country. They've done it before, no less with support from goons like George Soros, and there's no doubt that they'd relish the chance to do it again. And you know what, friends? I bet if they did, the media would actually hail them as heroes. You know, because they're defending American democracy against the MAGA domestic terrorists and their evil dictator Donald Trump. Friends, if you think it won't happen, think about the headline about rich, greedy capitalists using AI to unseat Biden. Remember that? You know, think about racist Republicans are trying to suppress minority voting. Remember that? You know, don't think for a second that they have not thought this through. The WEF's World Risks Report, link in the report today, friends, it will help you connect the dots. I did put a screenshot in here. Along with infectious disease driving societal polarization, they are predicting violence between states. Why do you think that is, friends? That The truth is, uh, I, really, you look at everything on the table, you read the writing on the wall, and in this age of AI-driven narratives... We're kind of faced with the choice of choose your own adventure. The globalists have been writing their plot out for years, but ultimately, in the end, friends, it is we, the American people, who get to who get to decide how this story ends. And therefore, resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to thetorchreport.com, find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. Of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. It's Friday, so get out there and have a wonderful Friday. Friday afternoon. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.